0: Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe.
1: Episode 42 of the Sexplanations podcast. I'm Dr. Lindsay Doe, clinical sexologist and host of this show and Sexplanations YouTube channel. I'm with Marsha, my dear friend Eric, who's been on this podcast. You're his mom, and you're also a sex educator, Yes, right?
0: Yes, I am.
1: So, this is so exciting. You're visiting your son, and you're going to be on the podcast, and we're going to talk about uh, potentially shared interests in our careers and our lives. I'm excited. Good. Good. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, first, though, I want to do a shout out to our amazing uh, sexplanauts on Patreon, Joanna Donna Flint. Justin Miller and his family. So the Millers, Paul Nixon, you're all amazing. This question is for you. Testes, testes, explanations, testes. Which of these statements isn't true? It's multiple choice, no stress. (laughs)
0: Sure. Um,
1: I (laughs) looked up the Institute for Sexology or the Institute for Sex Research, which is also known as Sexual Wissenschaft because it's German, and I want to know, again, which of these statements isn't true. So, A, their archives were burnt by the Nazis. B, approximately 20,000 people visited the institute each year. C, the institute helped with sex ed, contraception, STI treatment, women's rights, homosexuality rights, and trans rights. Or D, in 1973, the Institute for Sexology was moved from Germany to the United States.
0: Well then. <laughs> There should be E for I don't know, and I'm going to say A. <laughs> um, the answer is D. Oh, that
1: was I'm, I'm my glad second that choice. I've stumped you. It's been a long time since I've um, written a, a hefty multiple choice question, but it's D. Um, in 1973, they just opened a new version of the institute and kept it in Germany. I wish that it was in the United States, but it's not. Oh, bummer. Um, they did have their archives burnt by the Nazis when the Nazi regime went through and did a bunch of book burnings. They would take
0: okay, see, so all of them they into did the have that stuff.
1: and they. So I was partially correct. They, they did, though. Yeah, yeah. So the Nazis burnt the books. Terrible. We lost so many amazing resources.
0: Yeah, so well, they wanted their own thing.
1: Yeah, that's true. They did.
0: Ugh, bummer on censorship. Okay, so. <laughs>
1: On that note, what is your career, Marsha?
0: My my career? Currently, my career is that I'm an educator at higher education. So I teach college. Ooh. I started teaching high school. Nice. Then I went to elementary school.
1: High school to elementary school. And then I went back to high
0: school and I'm in college. So actually, I've taught grades K through 16 and above. Wow. Yes. So it's been a combination of physical education and health education.
1: What's your favorite? Age group to teach.
0: My favorite age group is either grade twelve or grade sixteen. Ooh. Yep. My least favorite age four and five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: I I can understand that.
0: I like them all, but I have my favorites. As a teacher, you you know like them all, but you do have the places where you feel you are most competent.
1: So is that because twelve and sixteen are both? Are those both seniors?
0: Yes, they are. Yeah. So one's they, a senior in high school and one's a senior in college. Yeah. And they tend to look forward. They have, I would say, more forward-thinking skills at that point. Mm-hmm. They tend to buckle down a little bit. Ooh, I really need to know this. I really need to be able to produce this. I really need to get my act together.
1: That's great. So yeah. you're not experiencing senioritis where they're just out? No. Out?
0: No. No. Why? Well, I, I mean, everybody... And regardless of the age group, they all get antsy before the end of the school year, period. Mm -hmm. Same thing before spring break. Same thing.
1: Yeah. And you're on spring break now? Yes, we are on spring break now. I'm so glad you're visiting us.
0: And yes, they do have homework over spring break. Too bad.
1: (laughs) So you've taught health classes and you've taught physical education classes. Right. And some of that encompasses sexuality?
0: Yes, the health education ones encompass sexuality. Now I actually teach a course in the university on human sexuality. So that is geared towards individuals who are, A, either going to teach it in the school system Mm -hmm. or as health promotions. They're either going to work in some sort of community setting. Mm -hmm. They might use it. Uh, I have some psychology majors in that class. I Mm. have some nursing majors in that class. Um, I have a wide variety of interests. I have, yeah. s- I have a- some communication majors in that class, and I have one who's pre-law who's going to go into patent law Excellent. in that class. So some of them just take it for their own knowledge, their mm-hmm. own intellectual knowledge, better themselves. The uh, student who was in patent law said, I don't know why I need this. I said, well, who are you going to work with? What if people you work with? What if you work with people from different orientations? Mm-hmm. How are you going to make that work? How are you going to make that relationship work? hmm and she finally said, yeah. I said, how about your own personal sex life? She said, yeah. So she got that pretty quickly in week two. Good. She knew that it was going to be okay for her.
1: Fun. So what's your favorite aspect of the course to teach?
0: Oh, that's a hard one. Probably contraceptives. Ooh. Okay. Believe it or not, college students know very little about it.
1: Oh, I, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I taught at the university here for, I think, eight years, mm-hmm. and I was shocked.
0: Yes, they know that they can get them free of charge at the health services, and mm-hmm. I just went through that the other day, and they they know about condoms. They know some of the others, but they don't know the details and how they work, and very few of them know about dental dams, and very few of them, actually, they knew of a female condom or an internal condom, mm-hmm. as we call them, but they didn't really know what they look like, didn't know how they work. So I just open up the packages and pull them out.
1: That's Great. Yeah. I heard they're going off the market, though.
0: I did not hear that, but the health services has a little bit more difficult time getting those. They hand them up for free, and they're obviously a little bit more pricey than the male or external condoms.
1: Yeah. Well, to your students and to the world, get them while you can. I wanted some so that I could send them out in care packages. And I think on eBay or Amazon, one of those two, they were 5 to $10 a piece.
0: Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a bit more pricely than your free. mail. <laughs> than free or the mail ones.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but I like them. That's true. And I wish more people knew about them so that they perhaps could stay in the market because they're such a great yeah. alternative.
0: Or not not to be embarrassed to go in to the health service to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Some students said they were embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds up. like
1: you helped them with that, though.
0: Well, yeah, because we show them in class, and then they give them out to everybody in class.
1: How many students do you have?
0: Right now, I have 35 to 40 in that class.
1: Oh, that must be so nice.
0: Yeah. Then I also teach that class online. They tried it this semester. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You miss that discussion. I have 35 students in there on an online class. That's hard to do a discussion. Mm -hmm. But that's just the way it is. For many students, that works out for them. An online yeah, course.
1: that's true. I wonder what that would be like to take human sexuality that way.
0: I think there's a lot of misconceptions, and so you need to have that discussion. And I, I know some of the online students struggled with the orientation aspect of it. What's identity? What's expression? And what is the difference in all that? And I just had to do it via lecture notes and via um, some icons and some graphics. Mm-hmm. And some resources, and it would have been much better just to have explained it and have a discussion yeah. on the whole part. But
1: You're doing something.
0: You're doing something, yeah. I have a lot of teachers in that online course. Mm. And a lot of teachers don't have the time, depending on what they do, to drive to campus and then to take that course. Right, right. Well, at so. least they're
1: getting education, and technically everyone who watches Sexplanations yes. is getting an online sex yes. ed class.
0: Yes. Most of them, they do say, wow, I really learned a lot from this week, and, and the online students did. Yeah. So, But they also do their homework.
1: Good job, students. <laughs> way to go. Yes, way to go. That's so great. So do you have students that want to go into sexuality as a career?
0: Not that I know of. Okay. But, you know, they may. They may change. Mm-hmm. I do have a woman that comes in she's an author she's been a nurse and she wrote a book called uh, Teen Confidential she has a, a website and she talks a lot with parents and sex education and she never thought she would do that so she talks about that and then tells the students be open to anything that your career leads you down so it could go anywhere it could go anywhere and basically and these are seniors and they're just hoping they're just in their major hoping to get a job in their major when they graduate yeah,
1: this major is pretty good. I would suggest sexuality for anyone interested. It can lead you in all sorts of fun paths. Oh, yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up?
0: I think I always wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a nurse for a while and then and then a teacher because I remember that I was very good at athletics, and one of my mother's friends just said, do you know that you could teach people to do sports? I said, you can, really? And I was young. I didn't know it. Aw. So... It was a combination of either being a nurse or P.E., health teacher. And I went with the teaching route. And how did you pursue that? College. Okay. Just college. Yeah, undergrad, went the teaching route. Student taught, got a job right away. And there's a lot of anatomy and medicine involved in that P.E. and health world, so that kind of hit both things at once. And since you started in high school, or you started with high school students. Correct. My first teaching job was high school, one of my favorites.
1: A lot of the... The students that I had, which were university students, talked about the agony of being in a PE class with a teacher who knew a lot about physical education in terms of how to climb ropes and run laps. But when it came to sexuality, they would get sheepish or awkward and kind of tag out to someone from the community who would then come in and teach the human sexuality portion of the course. Was that your experience?
0: No, Because I taught the sexuality part, but (laughs) but that is my experience from looking and talking to other teachers. Oh, a lot of them will just shy away from it, yeah, and say no, I am not going to do that. And they were unwilling completely. Oh, they just gave it to somebody else. Yeah. What was
1: the barrier? Do you think
0: they were just afraid to talk about it? And I think they thought. I remember working with one teacher who was not married, and she says, "I can't teach this part because I'm not married," which was total. Bogus, but that was her perception of it and she was she's not married and she was very uncomfortable talking about that and actually we were all assigned to teach in my first couple of years of teaching we were all assigned to teach those sections of health and sex was one of them she had to do it and she broke down crying and of course the kids knew that and they just ran her ragged it was a horrible experience for her
1: oh my goodness so give me a time
0: frame what when are we talking about this is 70s just the 70s hmm, that that's you were when that, high school and that's when that experience happened and then after that the state changed the requirements and you had to be licensed in order to teach that health education part. Prior to that you did not
1: license and by licensed health, health education by
0: the by I'm from Illinois and that's where Illinois State Board of Ed, they had some requirements come out that you had to have enough classes and be actually licensed to teach that health education. Section And it wasn't necessarily the PE teachers that had to do it anymore.
1: Oh, interesting. So you, before that, had to teach sex education but weren't required to have any education yourself? That's
0: correct. That is absolutely correct. Oh, my gosh. All you did was look it up in a book. That was the area of just giving kids information. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And And they didn't do anything with it but just memorize facts and spit it out on a test for you. That was the area when education was like that.
1: What was the curriculum then did you have to teach well you so you didn't have hiv correct but you i assume talked about other stis
0: Uh, a little bit yeah not too much it was stis and it was drugs and um i can't remember that was probably it it was don't do sex don't do drugs contraception don't oh very little talk about contraceptives
1: sexual orientation
0: oh zero um zero the clitoris nope zero what about anatomy basic anatomy and the and To me, I'm like the glitter is the most basic anatomy. Yes, but no, <laughs> didn't talk about that. No, okay. you did your basic anatomy, and then you had a lot of hygiene in there. Oh, and a lot of body systems. Okay, and nutrition and eat, you know, proper food. Well, you know, we're talking decades ago. Right, decades ago, it wasn't like. But what I it still is think now. that.
1: Uh, you know, when I think to, uh, back to the 70s, I imagine that sex education was better than some of the decades that have followed. And, you know, it,
0: like the sex education. You back- had sex education. That's a big thing. Yeah, there but, were it, was, times but when- it was abstinence only. OK, Th- that's where it came from. Abstinence only. And you just you just don't do it. Oh, and then you spent time with pregnancy. It takes nine months. And here's the way the fetus develops mm. because that's a safe thing to talk about. Those are just facts. This is what happens in the first, second, third trimester in labor, and that's safe. A lot of teachers do that because it's safe. There's not a lot of controversy on how a baby develops.
1: So no relationship discussion? No, 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 no sexual
0: assault, no sexual abuse. That was kind of hidden. You know, mm-hmm. It was always there, but kind of hidden. No talking about students that were cognitively impaired. Um they didn't have that at all. They just were in a whole separate room and who knows what education they got.
1: Right.
0: I don't think they got mm. any.
1: No, I I think that that's the case yeah. as well and sometimes yeah. it's the case now. So then did students see you as someone that they could go to with their
0: questions? Oh yes. And yeah. how did that all go? Well that went fine. I just answered what <laughs> I could. You know, and and basically you're talking, you know, in the 70s where you didn't, you know, you just kind of did anatomy and all that, I certainly didn't know as much about it as I do now. But then again, everything has broadened. Yeah, and, and now we have national sexuality standards. We didn't have those back then. We didn't even have state standards back then for education. So now you're moving ahead and, you know, everything has changed. We didn't have what they call abstinence plus and comprehensive and all this business that just didn't exist. It was way back where just say no. And that was all sex was, was anatomy. It had nothing to do with with all the other aspects that should be in there but not the clitoris. No, the clitoris was just part an anatomical part in that that was it that's all you said. Bingo. <laughs> that was it. Oh. Wow. I, it's amazing. I hope these students that I had back then turned out to be well-adjusted citizens, but I don't know. Do you talk to any of them? Do you hear I about- do. I do have 3 that I still keep in touch with. They're my officers and they are both um they are all successful one turned out to be a kindergarten teacher for years and one's a successful businesswoman and the uh, the other one's a, a you know works in a retail store yeah they all have very good memories of high school but we don't talk about sex and sex ed we just talk get together and talk about fun things
1: <laughs> Well maybe it will come up in a future maybe it'll conversation. come up.
0: yeah <laughs> the students now one of their assignments is they have to write about how they learned about sex ed.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And a lot of it, talk about, yeah, school, just basic. They remember about fifth or sixth grade having a puberty talk. And they remember, most all of them remember looking at horrible pictures of STIs. That was it. A lot of them didn't remember how you got them, what you were supposed to do if you got it. Uh, Very little on contraceptives. Most of them, and these are students now that are in their 20s, said it was all abstinence, don't, don't do this, some of them said they had very awkward teachers. A few of them said I had a great course. I would say maybe 5% of my students say that. Yeah, that's And a where they heard. got their information, friends, porn, TV, magazines. Again, a very low percentage got them from their parents. Mm-hmm. Most of them wouldn't even ask their parents.
1: So as a sex educator, how do you feel? feel about that. What are your thoughts? Because I I haven't gotten to, to speak to someone with similar experiences to me in a long time and I I'm curious to know if you have a similar visceral reaction to that of like wanting to scream and pull your hair out. And... Well,
0: yeah, and it at, at, at the end of the semester, they have to they have to again write a paper addressing that issue, what have you learned, you know, in this semester and how do you think you would change versus what you were taught? Mm-hmm. They all say It's very sad. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have had someone to go to. I wish my parents would have taught me the correct things. I didn't know there was that much about sexuality, like relationships and sexual abuse and sexual harassment. And how do I know if it's a good relationship? How do I break up with someone? Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't realize that. They didn't think about people with cognitive impairments, people with physical impairments. Are they sexual beings? They never thought about that before until I brought it up. They just didn't think about that. You know, the old phrase, you've got sex from the womb to the tomb. You know, and and older people, you know, they shuddered at the fact older adults having sex. I said, but they do.
1: Yeah. And, Thank goodness.
0: Yeah. And they just didn't. A lot of it's just that they hadn't thought about it. Nobody prompted them to think about that. So... It's not the first thing that pops into their mind, the, but then mm-hmm. they they come to class. So it, it's pretty sad. They all wished they would have had it differently, and I would say the majority of them are really for now comprehensive, and whatever capacity they will work in, they want to teach everything right up front and not hide information. They said, when did it serve us well to hide information? <laughs> <laughs> can't think, can't think of that, so, and they're all they're all going to be in different careers, and I'll tell them, boy, those of you that are going to education depends on that school, depends on that school board. Sometimes your hands are tied. Quite a few of them went to Catholic schools mm-hmm. and said they did not like the fact that they did not receive information about sex in the Catholic school. Even though they said, yeah, the Catholics are against sex, bitches, but it, but it's out there. Yeah. And why we were withheld from it, he's, they all said it just made us look elsewhere, and it made us get the wrong information.
1: So something that I've been asked, which I don't know the answer to, maybe you can help me, is do you think it's worse to have misinformation? So somebody telling you things that aren't true or not telling you anything at all?
0: Oh, good question. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> I don't— it, Misinformation is almost boy. I, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I no, Can't figure it out. Well, this is something good for your l- listeners because if you didn't have that information, you'd go seek it out.
1: And, maybe, maybe, and not. maybe.
0: And and if the misinformation, you know, your friend probably would say, "Oh well, I heard this and I heard that," and most likely at that age, those people just those students believe what they what their friends tell them.
1: Mm-hmm. So, an example that comes to mind for me is. Is it worse to not know at all that, that a condom exists? Or is it worse to believe that condoms give you STIs? So someone wrote in and they said, my sex educator, I'm using air quotes because I don't believe that this person is actually a sex educator if right. they give this information, said that if you use a condom, you will get STIs, that it's a mode of transmission. Huh, well, we know that's false. We do know that's
0: false. <laughs> yeah, well... And that, yeah, that, that respect, then the person probably wouldn't use a condom, which mm-hmm. is what not the goal that you want. Right. But to not know about a condom, then they're not going to use the condom because they don't know about it. Yeah. So now you've got the same result from both of those instances. You have the educator saying it's going to give you an STI and you have someone else not telling you that a condom exists. Therefore, you're not going to use a condom.
1: Which I think is the goal of both of those systems is for the us to not use condoms.
0: Yeah, because but, you're not supposed to have sex, right. therefore. So at that that example you've ended up with the same result with not use of a condom, which is not what we want. You know, we want to use protection, but we also want to delay that first age of sexual intercourse later and later. So there's a little bit hopefully some more thoughtful decisions in that. But Yeah. And then that delays your unwed pregnancy. You know, we have the highest rate of unwed of teenage pregnancies. Which just astounds me because we have all these resources out there. Sex explanations. Yeah, yeah. Well, yet we have the highest rate of, of teen pregnancies in the developed countries, and we have all this information out there. And when when students tell me, high school students told me that they were pregnant, I thought, hmm. I said, don't tell me how you got. I said, oh, what I would ask them, and and. I I know how you got pregnant. You had sex. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, but what was going through your mind? Nine times out of ten, these girls would tell me I wasn't prepared to have sex. I didn't think I was going to have sex. The other reason was I was told I couldn't get pregnant the first time I had sex. Yep. Those are the two biggest ones. Nothing about condoms or we were going to use a condom, but we didn't have one. That conversation never came up.
1: So never the fault of comprehensive education.
0: No. Only the fault of... Abstinence only. That Correct. whole idea Correct.
1: of uh, we're not going to prepare you or we're going to give you information like you won't get pregnant the first time yep. you have sex and then this person ends up with an unplanned pregnancy.
0: Yeah. Of course that's yeah, you know, false information coming from, you know, a peer or whatever, you know, oh think you can't get pregnant the first time you have sex. Or yeah, you know, or you know, you can't get pregnant if you stand up and have sex. That was one of my students' reasons why Be she afterward. thought she couldn't get pregnant. So that's a matter of if we withhold the, that philosophy, of if we withhold the information, if we ignore the topic, it will go away, and no one will think about it because a we haven't told them and we've ignored it. Therefore, they're not going to think about sex because we didn't tell them. So awful. Yeah. All you have to do, you can't you, unless you ban the internet and ban every magazine. <laughs> you're, you're not going to win that. Unless you raise your kid in the closet, you know, you're not going to win that. Yeah.
1: So do you ever? Talk to parents, guardians, about how they can make better decisions in terms of getting their their kids educated?
0: Not so much that. in during the high school years, when, of course, you had your parent night and the parents all come and meet all the teachers. And Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I just would have written on the whiteboard, whatever I had, these are all the topics I'm going to discuss and, and it, you know came to sexuality i said yeah you know we sexuality is more than just the anatomy i said we'll discuss relationships and sexual abuse and you know sexual harassment and mm-hmm. most parents i never heard a peep they said hallelujah oh, because good. basically they didn't want to do it yeah So if their child was learning it somewhere else, then that was one thing that they didn't have to do. And then there were those handful of parents that said, I support this, and I talk to my kids about this all the time. Ooh, I like them. Yeah. And unfortunately, that was the minority. But I did not have, in, in my whole teaching experience, I have not had parents come and scream and holler at me or send me an email or call the principal about something I have said in the sexuality portion of class. Lucky. Yeah, lucky. Yeah, and I've only had one student for religious reasons who was pulled out of the class.
1: That's not terrible.
0: No, and I tell my prospective students and teachers that I said if by law in Illinois you can do that, mm-hmm. you can withdraw, you know, your child from uh, from a section of the of the health ed, and you just have to provide some uh, reasoning. And I I just said, you know what? Sometimes it's just not worth the argument. Yeah. You know, you have to respect their culture and their beliefs. And, 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 and I never ask the student, do you really want to go out? Because they have to. I just never ask the student because they are abiding by what their parents told them.
1: Well, hopefully they're getting the education.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't make them feel bad, I don't make them feel awkward. You know, they just, you know, if somebody asks them, I, I'm sure that in this one case of the girl, I'm sure that some of her friends said, how come you're not in class? And sure probably answer was, my parents don't agree with it. And that was the end of the subject topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are plenty of students who know that there are cultures there that will not support their children learning about this in the classroom.
1: Okay. What about you learning? How did you come across all of this knowledge? Oh, I had to study it. Yeah. Because you
0: it at the have beginning as a you kid. didn't have it. And oh, then... heavens no. I grew up in the area of no information makes it all go away, zero rough, yeah, so I had to learn it when I started teaching health and all that, and then, as education systems evolve and as we learn more and learn more how students learn, then I had to learn more. I had to research it, you know, I did it for my doctoral dissertation, so I had to research it and read up about it and go to seminars, you know, go to webinars, and then just you know, get the correct book for class, and then just start talking about it, and that's it. I still, I still read up about it because I tend to forget certain facts and things because mm-hmm. there's a lot. Yeah. Yes, we do show sex explanations in class, and the students just look at that like deer in the headlights. <laughs> oh. And some of them write it down. I go. We're not going to watch all these episodes from Dr. Dolan class, but this is a site where you can go to a figure out if it's for your own personal sex life. Figure out if it's something you may want to show your students, your patients, your clients, whoever you are working with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, but it's out there. Thank you. So a lot of it is giving them resources, and they have to analyze what's going to be appropriate because they're right. they they know their work. Setting that they might want to be in and what they can use and what they can't use,
1: great, thank you, fun. okay. so tell me about your dissertation then because okay. we've talked a little bit about it, well, Playing cards and having dinner, but I don't recall everything, and I'm super curious.
0: No, yeah, why should you? So my doctorate is in curriculum and instruction, and I had to narrow that down. And I narrowed it down to sexuality education because I was such an advocate of comprehensive not having it as a kid not being able to do it in some of the schools that I was at.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm. And then, (laughs) sure, because I taught in some Catholic schools. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I could not put a poster up about the different types of contraceptives. But if a student asked me a question, I answered it, and we spent many class periods with the door closed, and all I did was answer questions. Yeah, the reason I had the door closed is... Because if anybody walks by, not that I would get in trouble, but you just can't take a quip of what's going on in the classroom and then you blab it somewhere else. You've taken that whole thing out of context. Right. So that was it. And of course, then the word got around, you know, as as a high school class periods go, you know, what you do in class? Oh, we talked about this. So that was just the agenda for the day. I knew that would come. The next class came in and said, we want to ask you the following questions. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, well well done, students. So the... Back to my doctoral dissertation, I had to narrow it down, sexuality education. I even had to narrow it down further, and it was the challenges to teaching sexual orientation and gender identity. I picked this because I needed a current topic, which worked. Mm -hmm. Through the educational processes, we've had students that come in from other countries. We've always had services to teach students English as a second language to help them assimilate into the culture of education. We've always had help in the cognitively impaired student. Mm -hmm. We've always had services for he or she. Mm -hmm. There have been a whole bunch of things to help all of these students throughout their career. Um, I have a blind student now, and you know, there's braille, there's all kinds of things to help these be successful. So then I thought, okay, now we have a whole classroom that is changing the diversity. It used to be We all had one white, uh, all all Caucasian. When I was growing Mm -hmm. up, you didn't have any other ethnicities. Now you've got them all over, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. But now the new diversity is gender. And so how are teachers handling this? Because there are no professional development in gender. There are no special services to teach about gender and sexual orientation. So that's why I did a qualitative study and interviewed teachers on how do you handle this topic? Do you teach it or do you not? Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if they did or didn't. That was just what's happening in the schools. Where are the Where's the support you are getting? Are you getting support or are you not? So I interviewed, I think it was 10 or 12 teachers, all teaching high school, all teaching in a public school. They all were certified to teach health education, which means they had Some background in sex, not a lot. Yeah. And they all taught a component of sexuality education during the school year. Okay. I would say maybe about three of them really spent time on sexual orientation and gender identity. Some had trans students who would discuss it. Oh, There were others. There was one who said, my principal will not allow me to do this. Whoa. I said, what do you do? She goes, I do it anyway. I go... And she said, if he finds out and I get fired for it, so be it. She says, I am doing the students an injustice if I do not tell them about this area of sexual orientation and gender identity. She's still teaching at the school. I know she is. She's still <laughs> teaching at the school. She has a feeling that her principal knows mm-hmm. that she is teaching it, and I think he probably sees the value but doesn't, isn't confronting it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I got the impression there were some board members that it was an issue on a school board. So I didn't delve into it very deeply. That was it. She was very strong about teaching it but not advertising the fact that she did. Wow. Um, some of them were just mentioning in relationships whoever you are with, whether it's a boy or a girl, your partner. Some of them were doing that kind of superficial. Mm-hmm. There were only a couple that really spent time on the vocabulary, what's asexual, you know, what? what is pansexual, You know, what is orientation? How is that different from gender expression? How is that different from gender identity? You know, what's a binary system? What's gender nonconforming? What's gender queer? There were some of them that were spending time on that, not certainly less than half. Yeah. And they got, I said, where'd you get the information? Well, usually from the CDC or some site because the textbooks, zero. They don't have anything. The latest textbook I looked at um, only had one paragraph and it just talked about gay and lesbians and that this was a lifestyle and it was, that was it that was it oh and i think it said something about that it was a choice it used the outdated term it was a sexual preference is what the term was used indicating that uh, your orientation was a choice ah uh, that was it now a lot of these teachers how is that legal well at that point the textbook was old it was dated it's probably 2000 and something yeah uh, uh, and a lot of the teachers don't use a textbook because in the world of health education, things change so rapidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they don't use it, and they will go to the, some reliable websites and use that. There are some, there are several of them that had textbooks there that they referred to for topics and uh, vocabulary, and this is what health education encompasses. But I would say all of them supplemented that textbook with current information. Okay. But now I, I said, how do you go about? Do you do role plays? Well, like, yeah. And I said for relationships. I said, well, do you have Is it always a heterosexual couple up there? And someone said, well, yeah, I always pick a boy and a girl. He said, why don't you pick two guys? Why don't you pick two girls? And why don't you pick a girl and a guy? Why don't you have all of those scenarios with those different combinations? And One teacher said, I never thought about it.
1: Oh, look at you making a huge
0: difference. Yeah, I I don't know if they did or not. So... So that's the kind of information I tell my university students. Hey, if you're going to do this, yeah. you, know, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you show, you show there's a, a nice clip from a video that we talk about consent, and it shows different couples, and it shows two men and two women, mm-hmm. and it shows a biracial couple, too, and, mm-hmm. and all the aspects about consent. And the students like that. I said, do you feel awkward with those different couples? They said no. So that's something that they are not awkward with seeing two guys and two girls.
1: Well, so the next level version is the the polydynamics, right? Because I think that, yeah, we're moving to more acceptance in terms of orientation, but not always incorporating the lifestyle diversity of, okay, what about three people here,
0: four people negotiating this relationship? That I have not gotten into. I mean, it's enough just for me to under they understand what comprehensive is mm-hmm. and what those standards are and what is your personal background and how do you think it could have been better, and then they have to another assignment is they have to interview three people that they know one has to be a relative, and they have to interview them on their own sex education. Nice. Yeah, they look at me after I give that assignment and then I said, yeah, well, I'll turn it in next week, and then after the week goes by, they go, I was really glad I did this. Oh. Yeah. I said, when you talk to people you know about this, then you can feel pretty confident you can address a group of people, you know, that maybe you don't know Mm -hmm. well enough and you've already asked all these hard questions to people that you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it was amazing the number of students actually, because on a relative, I said, you know, it doesn't have to be your parent. It can be a sibling, it can be an aunt, it can be an uncle, it can be a cousin. it's amazing the number of people that actually called up their parents and asked. I was just amazed. Yeah. And I said, how did your parents respond? They go, pretty well, because I told them it was for a grade in class. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's great.
0: Yeah. So.
1: You facilitated good conversations. I did.
0: I did. Yeah. And some, I had one student, Culture, who says, I can't even tell my parents I'm taking this class. I don't know how she managed it, but she managed to take, She got an A. she managed to take the whole class without her parents ever knowing. It's a cultural thing, you know, not—I think she was going to be in an arranged marriage, too.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, I'm glad that she's educated and—
0: Oh, yeah, she wanted to be educated. Yeah, she says, I'm not going against my culture. This is my culture, but I think that I deserve to have some education because I want—I forget what she was going to do in her career, but was going to be involved something with this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember teaching um, future educators, so similar to you, where they were— going through their te- teachers licensure and they had to take um, I think it was a child and family health issues or something along those lines and I remember teaching the sex education portion of that and people would get so upset like all of a sudden we you know we'd study, um, mental health and physical health and spiritual health, and we would get to the sexual health, and they thought it was absurd, that there was no reason that they should have this information,
0: that their students didn't need it. Uh, broke my heart. Yeah, it it just doesn't make sense. We know that, and it it's going to take a while before...
1: Well, it sounds like it's already changing, though. If you have students that understand for their careers, it's important for them to be educated, even if it challenges their culture. It's
0: huge. Right. And some students had said, I'm going to be a counselor. I go, and you don't think this is going to (laughs) come up in counseling? Oh, yeah. I think I said, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for them.
1: So many of my clients have been people that work with. Um, more mainstream therapists who get to the sexuality issues of their relationships and just kind of shut down and refer out. And I I try to go to the therapists and the counselors and say to them, look, I would much rather teach you how to do this and have these people supported in your office and not Mm -hmm. feel like this is some taboo subject that you can't aid them with than for them to come into my business, like, please, please.
0: Yeah, or you refer it out because, oh, it's a whole different. Exactly. It's it's not. It's a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. It's your identity. It's just who you are as a person from when you were little. That's that's how it forms you. And and a lot of it's been the American culture of just tabooing this whole topic for so many years. And it just, it's going to take a long time to fix that.
1: (sighs) Well, it is. Sorry. (laughs) Hopefully less time than more time.
0: Well, yeah, I know, but, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, especially in education, those wheels turn so slowly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I think now it's really great is that students are taking it on for themselves. I don't think they should have to do that, but I love the empowerment that they have to make differences and to, you know, get together and um, have one big,
0: strong voice. So cool. Yeah, they do, and uh, the students that I have are, are not... Office-bound cubicle people—they are working with the public, whether it's in a community setting, a health worker setting, a hospital setting, or education. It is a, it is a lot of people
1: mm. that they have
0: to relate to in very different ways, and that's—and I can see their personalities. They discuss a lot in class. They are not afraid to ask questions, at least in my class. I don't know about any else. Good, good. My attendance—the attendance is very good in this class. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes, yes, yes.
1: yeah. That's so great. Shout out to your students. I am impressed by them.
0: Yeah, we have discussion groups. They have to come up with the name of their groups. Pretty funny. (laughs) Oh, it has to be sexually related. It has to be a sexually related term. Oh, yeah. And they come up with them. Yeah. Fun. You sound like a great teacher. (laughs) Yeah, they they could. And they just laugh when I call on the groups, you know. I have Plan B, Mr. Rubber, um, (laughs) Third Base, (laughs) The C-Men. Which was my favorite, <laughs> you know. They so they come up with these, yeah. They come up with these. It makes class pretty fun.
1: <laughs> oh, that's cute. We'll have to add that to the sextra credit. Coming up with your own sex name. For- yeah, for
0: your cooperative group. It's it's a lot of it's a it's group learning, and I give them questions. They discuss and and things like that. That's that's the student engagement part in that class.
1: Wow, oh, Marcia, you're inspiring me to go back to school. No, did you just shake your head? No. <laughs> yes, I did. Don't no, you, <laughs> you have enough education. You don't need to go in. <laughs> well, I think what's nice about my job is that I get to keep learning, right? Yeah. So I don't know everything that I am teaching when I do a explanations episode. Oh, really? I, I, just, I, have
0: to, <laughs> I have to replay them because I don't get them the first time around. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. That is how it is for me, too. So I love that I am in that state, but I also... Oh, gosh, the idea of having a cohort, other students to to throw ideas around with yeah. and have discussions sounds so fun.
0: Well, you have to break down the barriers in that class. You have to make it that environment safe for those students. And if I make it safe for those students, then they know what type of environment they need to instill when they're working with students or patients mm. or, or clients in, in their career. All right, so that's... They experience what that positive environment, learning environment is, then they know how, then they know they need to set one up.
1: You're modeling. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You're so great. Thank you so much. (laughs) Want to do kegels?
0: Feel your kegels if you're able. Main squeeze. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Actually, Mike, you should see this favorite. One of my favorite topics the, the other night was sex should be like pizza and not baseball. Have you heard that one? I have, yes. Oh, that is phenom- phenomenal. They love that.
1: It is great. I also like sex as baseball, though. I, in my mind, I compare like it to and... as many things as possible um, because it all works differently for different people. But, yes, I, I get the argument that comparing it to sports is problematic in the competitive sense. Yeah. The, yeah. But, ah, uh, Yeah. Yes. They like that, you know,
0: because some of them actually admitted I never knew what first, second, or third base was. Oh. Yeah. I only knew that home run was sex, and they didn't know. Yeah, and depending on where they came from. It makes sense. Where where their culture is, where they went to school, that plays a huge part in their knowledge base coming into the university. Huge part.
1: So is there something that you have learned from your students? Well, obviously, but something that comes to mind where— their experiences are, have been different than yours, and you're like,
0: oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And, and no, I usually ask, I'm, I'm very careful in how I address topics. I always say he or she, I ask them their pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, always, I usually try to bring that up you know, how is your culture impacted? And I, I ask those leading questions, and then if they answer, that's kind of how I learn from them instead of trying mm. to fall into an error. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I try not. I don't want to look. But no
1: one has brought up, like, the Italian chandelier. <laughs> do
0: no, you know what that is? I have no idea what that is.
1: It's a very obscure sex position. <laughs>
0: that uh, Oh, and if they do say a term. Yeah. And sometimes, I don't know what it is. I said, if you do say a slang term, you have to explain it so everybody in the class knows it. That's awesome. And they go, oh, okay. because And you'll be amazed at the whole ton of kids who didn't know. Mm-hmm. What is it, a pearl necklace? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, that came up, and I didn't know what it was. And I said, do you realize that for everybody's benefit, and I didn't say, I don't know what it is, Right. that you have to explain that. And there were a lot of kids that said, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. So that's what they have to do.
1: Well, and it's so important for them to learn that skill if mm-hmm. they're going to be teachers or therapists and right. the like, so that they're making sure to use their language.
0: Yeah, and it depends on the area where they're from,
1: too. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so kegels, we do them in all sorts of different ways on the show, and I just get this really strong groin over time because I'm doing them once a week. On the- Good for you. Yeah, I know, right? At a
0: stoplight. I was told you do them at a stoplight, too, if you can yes. remember. Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: that's what I encourage people to do. Um, whenever the light goes red and you have to sit there, and instead of getting on your phone, do your kegels. Uh, I also encourage people to do them while they're pumping gas. These are all great times. (laughs) Cues to action. So today we'll just do them by counting to eight. Every time I say a number, just clench your pubococcygeus muscles as if you're going to urinate. But don't. You're you're stopping urination. Then relax and then clench again. And then I'll count down from eight and we'll do the same thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm still holding it. Okay. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one.
0: Did you ever teach that in physical education? I don't remember. I know I've <laughs> taught it. Probably not in PE. It's probably in the health class. Wouldn't yeah. that
1: be great if we instructed people on how to do push ups and chin ups and keggles?
0: Yeah, maybe they do now. I don't know. Yeah. Nah,
1: I wish. I don't think they no, do. No, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> do you remember when
0: Joycelyn Elders was fired? Yes, they do. The About the masturbation topic. Yeah. Mm hmm. I show that clip in class, and they are just astounded. You know, they don't know who Jocelyn Elders is, but that doesn't matter. It was the topic that we were discussing.
1: Right. So the Surgeon General, if you don't know, who served under Clinton, was at an AIDS conference, and they asked her if she believed teaching masturbation in school was a preventative method. And she said yes and was asked to resign. And I— Gosh, Disappointed by that, but I just think that she's such an awesome mm-hmm. person for saying the right thing to begin with. And then I've, I've heard her speak multiple times since then, where she goes around to conferences on sexuality, continuing to promote that message as well as others about comprehensive sex education, saying, this is really important. Here's why it's important. These are the consequences if we maintain an abstinence system. So
0: you're like her. Yeah, well, she. When I showed that clip to the students, some of them said, "Well, and look who fired her, Bill Clinton." And they, right, yeah. and it's amazing. You know, some of them knew a little bit about his, you know, personal past. Um, a lot of them didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was just a comment that I remember one student had. Says it doesn't make sense for two reasons, and that was the two she said: the topic and the fact that he was the one that fired her when he needed a lot of education. Is what the student said.
1: <laughs> yeah, he should have been masturbating.
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, if only.
1: Okay. Well, then the last thing that we get to do is extra credit. Assignments are not always
0: bad, so here's some sextra credit.
1: Giving an assignment to our listeners. Do you have any ideas? You're good at this. You. This is where you get to put on your teacher
0: hat. Oh, I would probably, uh, uh, the, the interview assignment that I do, I think is fantastic to talk to a relative about what, their sexuality education was like growing up and how they think it should change or not change for today's youth.
1: Oh, interesting. I like that part of it. Should it change or not change? Okay. And I want to add the group name. Come up come up with your trivia name that's sex-related.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come up with your—gotta be sex-related. I don't know. Maybe it can't be some of the ones I've used, but they, they were pretty creative.
1: Yeah, put it in the comments so Marcia can see them and give you a grade. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> How creative are you? <laughs> Thank you for coming on this Explanations podcast. Oh, you're welcome. It was fun. Good. I'm I'm glad I enjoyed it. And you you came all the way from Chicago and you're here. Well, I, hope that you get I can to enjoy kill the two mountains. birds
0: with one stone. I can see Lindsay do a podcast thing and then play with my son, who I only see maybe twice a year.
1: Yeah, so. good. We'll <laughs> go do some fun comedy and some hot springs live it up this has been great i'm so grateful to you and i also want to give a shout out to your students um way to go (laughs) (laughs) so so impressive um to kelly at cinema studios to complexly for production and count boogie for the jingles thank you everyone you've been really great in making this possible and cora Paro, i'm still learning